Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Golden. I'm doing an intro to this episode because I originally wanted to make this episode one massive episode. Because they are two different interviews with two different emotional manifestors. And my original intention was to make these individual conversations about 30 minutes long and put them in one mass episode and basically make it where you're getting two different perspectives all at once. And the fact of the matter is these are two very different people two very different interviews, two very different perspectives. So this was an editing nightmare <laughs> to continue to do the, do it the way that I wanted to do it. So I decided just to, I'm putting these out as they were recorded. This episode that I have, which this is going to be the same intro for both, <laughs> is with Ginger Nicole. And she's also an emotional manifester. And this conversation is incredibly expressive. She has such a gift for being able to have such beautiful metaphors for what she's experiencing. And it's so easy to see their real life application, how those metaphors are such great examples of what it's like to be an emotional manifester. So this conversation is one where it's really going to get your brain in an in an imaginative space and it's going to give you a more right-leaning approach to the emotional manifester way of living. And what I mean by right is under human design terms, those right arrows are more creative in nature. They're not as logical. They're a bit more seeing all of the nuances, that kind of thing. The other episode that I have, we are talking to Joy, and this conversation is very logical. It is following a pretty step-by-step process. It's very question-answer here's a couple of stories to explain what I'm talking about, that kind of conversation. If you are familiar with human design, her variables, the arrows up at the top of the up at the body graph, they're all pointing left. So she's what is called the quad left. So she is quite left oriented, meaning more structured, more logical, that kind of thing. But at the same time, she's a multi-passionate creative. So this is a very fascinating conversation about how her design has some impact on her creative process and vice versa. How does her creative process have impact on, on her? So if you're looking for a very structured conversation, then the conversation with Joy might be just the right fit for you. And... I just want to make it super, super clear right here that these little descriptions I just gave about left arrows versus right arrows is a oversimplification of what they are, what they mean, what they do. So please don't take this as totality, but just more as an indicator of maybe what to expect. So if you are an emotional manifester, I highly encourage you to listen to both episodes so that you can get two different perspectives, see which one resonates with you more. A lot of the things that they're talking about are very similar. I, I would hope so, right? Because we're talking about specifically being an emotional manifester. So there are some similarities in their experience, but they describe it in such different ways that really gives you a different angle and a different understanding, almost to the point of it feeling like two completely different things. So I hope that you listen to both. I hope that they give you, you know, the help that you need or the perspective that you're looking for. That's the whole point of this authority series is to really give you an, a real life 
perspective and account of what is it like to live as this type of design. I really hope that this helps you understand the process to come, especially if you're early on in your in your experiment and you're trying to make sense of all these words and how it feels and how you're quote unquote supposed to do it and all of that stuff that kind of gets us confused. I really hope that these conversations take away some of that confusion and show you just really what's in store and that what you're experiencing is most likely exactly beautiful and perfect and what you quote unquote should be experiencing. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you get a lot of learning and experience and perspective out of this. And if you feel so inclined, please connect with Joy and or Ginger. Have a lovely day. Hey there, you're listening to Your Golden, a podcast dedicated to helping you see that you are golden just as you are. I'll use every tool and personal story I have to help guide you back to yourself. Blending two seemingly opposing sides is my specialty, so you can expect pragmatism and mysticism, details and exploration, ponderings and answers, clarity and unknowns, and so much more. If I had to sum up the ethos of your golden, it would be summed up by the words of Nobel Peace Prize winner Albert Schweitzer, who once said, The path of awakening is not about becoming who you are, rather it is about unbecoming who you are not. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Your Golden. Today we have a guest, Ginger Nicole. She is a cosmic transformation and embodiment coach. And we're going to talk all about the emotional authority specifically for manifestors. So I'm so excited that you're here, Ginger. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) Um, So excited to be here. Good. I'm so happy to have you. It's going to be such a cool convo because we already had a little pre-meeting about it and I love your perspective and your journey with your emotional authority. And so I think that you have a very relatable experience with it. And so I'm so excited to bring it to light. So, so to get into it, I first want to get a bit more clear on how long have you been experimenting with human design? So I guess I have two questions that are not related. How long have you been experimenting with two, with human design? And then also just tell us a little bit about your business and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I have been experimenting with human design probably for about, I'd say about four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I started just dabbling at the time I was much more into numerology and some other tools. And then I was introduced to human design by accident <laughs> and accident <laughs> and, and it just kind of like got dabbly. And then of course, like I of course went down the rabbit hole because how can yeah. you not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and so now I'm starting to dabble with the gene keys as well, which is an adventure. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, about, about four years now. And I do use, I do use human design in my practice. Okay. Okay, cool. And then tell us a little bit about your practice and how is human design involved in that? Yeah. So, so I'm, like you said, I'm a cosmic transformation and embodiment coach and everybody's going, what the heck is that? So, (laughs) so basically I'm a life coach at the, at the bottom of it, but I come at it with a little bit of a twist in this sort of different approach. So I I like to help people not worry so much about who they are, but kind of pursue how their energy functions. Because I think that there's an overlooked piece within tools like astrology and human design and numerology and all of these things that, you know, all us explorers like to get into, but they're just tools, right? And so, you know, we get to learn things about ourselves, but at the end of the day, I discovered that I, I felt a little bit like I was taking glorified personality tests by the end of the day. 
(laughs) And so, you know, it's a lot of good information, a lot of subconscious things coming up out of the, you know, into the conscious, relatable things. But I found myself, even with human design, not really putting the pieces together and not Mm -hmm. really understanding how everything jive and sometimes not really relating at all to a lot and so I actually ended up having a a spiritual awakening back in 2017 went through that whole dark night of soul kind of situation and came out of that with this really beautiful download of energy profiles energy grid and how you know Looking at the chakra system, looking at the chakra system really helped me to understand it, but it really has nothing to do with the chakra system. I worked on like quantum physics, so I'm more on the, you know, sort of science spiritual side and I'm very and culture. And so I really dig into spirit and science and how they work together to support one another. And so when I got looking at the energy centers, I realized We all have all of these core frequencies, but we all are masters of one. There is an overarching frequency that we each carry, this significant piece of this core frequency salad. And when we apply that to our various cosmic codes, such as astrology and human design, we get this beautiful filtering that happens where we can actually find that linchpin that connects all our cosmic codes together in this beautiful web of how do function in this world? Like, what is my mission? What is my connection from my cosmic wisdom to my human aspects? And being able to look at all of those beautiful things through that frequency really has been empowering to myself and my clients in not necessarily putting ourselves into boxes with the tools, but like allowing ourselves to use them as this kind of map to navigate the world. And so it's, it's really an awesome experience and I am very passionate about what I do. So yeah, yeah, I can tell. Oh, that's really cool. I love the innovative nature that you're taking to, or yeah, taking to all of these systems that we tend to use in their singular form and then not even Mm. a lot of times we're not even really digging into the depths enough for that tool that really works so it sounds like you're you're really going in a very innovative direction that actually brings them all together in a very useful tangible way so I I really love that and and I feel like that is very very um, manifestor of me very (laughs) manifestory yeah that's what I was trying to go uh super manifestory like and yeah. innovating and really bringing something new to the world. So I would love to know, like, what has been your experience with, with learning that you're a manifester, what that means, and then just kind of how you've been working with it over these past four years? Oh, yeah. So, so my signature program is actually built around what I just explained. And it starts by identifying your core frequency and then charting all of your major key cosmic codes, like you mm-hmm. said, and then taking people through a process of that. And I actually came up with this and, and, and kind of manifested this, downloaded this years ago. Like we're talking, we're talking like probably six years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I did nothing with it. I sat on it for a very long time. I did nothing. Nobody even knew I was doing this. I dabbled here and there. I like experimented with like one or two people who were willing to like play, but I, I did not talk about it. Even as early as like just the beginning of this year, I wasn't really talking about this. And anybody that I brought it up to was like, holy crap, that's like a major thing. Like, why aren't you talking about it? And I'm like, "Eh, eh, eh." you know, and so such is the life of the closeted manifester, you know? And (laughs) and so, because when I started learning about my human design, I really related with the vibration of the manifester. I really related with the innovator. And I mean, just to say like any, any like quiz or like 
archetype thing or anything I do, it always comes up the explorer, the innovator, like bam, 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 every single time, like mm-hmm. clockwork. And so, you know, so it, it wasn't surprising to me that I was a manifester, but it was also nerve wracking because then I'm like, oh crap, I'm actually supposed to be doing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah. And so like, I, I'm not supposed to just be like ideating. I'm supposed to like actually do the things. And so then I got nervous because I'm like, but what if nobody likes it? What if nobody understands it? What if, what if, what if, what if? And I went down that rabbit hole for a while. And, uh, and I realized through this process that looking back at my life, there's there's this like thing with manifestors where it's like a lot of manifestors are repressed as mm-hmm. children because people sense their, their power. overwhelming energy and their yeah. power and they're trying to like dull it down so like you can fit in the box right and so you know it was it was both liberating and scary to mm-hmm. know that I was a manifester, know that these things that I've been kind of ideating my whole life were not meant to be like played around with, but also because like I'm I'm like the queen of playing around with stuff. Like experimentation is my thing because I'm a three five profile. So like yep. I got to do all the things. And so, <laughs> and so you know I knowing that I was a manifester really helped me to realize like oh I do have this mission to bring these ideas into the world. And I shouldn't be hiding them, but also I'm really super conditioned into my not self. And Mm. so, and so I was just hiding them from the world. And so, yeah, so I guess like it took me some time to really come to terms with the responsibility of being a manifester and actually having to follow through on all these ideas. Yeah, And not just having to follow through on them, but like having to like let people know that they're happening. Yes. And the informing. That was hard for me. Yes. That was hard for me because being the closeted manifester, being the repressed, you know, manifester, you know, I learned to move in quiet. I learned mm-hmm. to do everything that I was doing quietly because I knew number one, if I told anybody about it, they were either going to shut it down or make fun of it or tell me not to do it in some way or like get like really irritated. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, it was going to, I was going to come up with like a lot of resistance mm-hmm. or it actually people like to leave, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, I was like, no, I don't want that. I'm just going to not, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep it to myself. Because, you know, and so I spent all these years like ideating this program that I have and I just kept it under wraps and I'd share it with like one or two people in there in tiny little snippets, like Mm. almost like here's a piece and here's a piece and like kind of nugget dropping, but not really ever doing the full Monty, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's been an interesting journey to where I'm now, where I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, so informing people isn't asking permission. No, 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 it is not. (laughs) Because there was a lot, because I think that's the misunderstanding with manifestors is like, you have to inform people that you're doing stuff, but it is absolutely like not about asking people permission to do what you want to do. Yeah, the and, word and is so, like, inform, you know, inform. So, like if yep. you look at the definition of that, there's nothing mm-hmm. about permission mm-hmm. asking with that. No, so, no. Mm-hmm. but I think it's probably a universal feeling for manifestors at first yes. when they hear that because they're so conditioned to be like, you know, if I tell somebody something, then they're going to shut it down. That it's almost like mm-hmm. asking permission because you get so used to hearing people say no Mm-hmm. or with that resistance that you're like oh yeah and then you're disappointed yeah. as a human because you want to be accepted mm-hmm. and so you know so I think like there's this there's this subconscious like thought process that says oh I have to ask permission from people I have to get people to agree it's like mm-hmm. no 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 you just have to be like I'm doing this yep. <laughs> this yep. is what I'm doing 
you're yep. either on the train or you're off the train, but I'm doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is something the that power. I always tell manifestors. Oh. Yes. Yes. So I, if there's two things that I want manifestors to know, it's that there is power in informing and that there is power in your polarization. Like you need to, yes. those are great. Ooh. Those are so liberating for you because then you can, you move on. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that person is not in my circle. Okay, great. Yes. Now I can go Mm. somewhere else and Mm -hmm. find a yes. And that yes is going to help me build it because that's what you also need. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, it, it was, so the word polarization is a big, like, it's a big discomfort word for me and it always has been it's not Mm -hmm. it's it's not anymore but it was up until Mm. even just a few months until I got into the right community Um, yeah you know and so like it being polarizing was actually like anti what I wanted to be like I and in a lot of it was super conditioned like super, super conditioned responses of like wanting to natural human responses of wanting to survive, wanting to belong, you know, coming from a traumatic background, having a lot of trauma in my life, you know, and having a very strict kind of expectations put on me based on my gender, based on kind of like how I looked and, and things when I was growing up, it was I was put into like 800 different boxes by like everybody I knew, which is why I do what I do right now is helping people get back to themselves, you know, like get rid of all the boxes and let's like see who you are, you know? And so, you know, having that background really like ingrained in me the need to do anything to survive do anything to belong and be accepted not necessarily in the terms of like like oh I have to like fit into this group or that group but like just being able to have support and not be abandoned and Mm -hmm. so like it was there was a lot of people pleasing that happened in my life there was a lot of keeping the peace which just I was not wired for I mean I am you know you know I have I have a Capricorn sun and a Sagittarius rising. There is no part of me that wants to listen to anyone else. And and then on top of that, on top of that, I've got the manifester and the, you know, and the three, five profile. It just wants to do whatever. And I've also got a one life path for numerology. So like there is literally a whole part of me. Wants to listen to other people. Yeah. So you can imagine how frustrated I was as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, coming into the understanding that, oh, wait, I am my own person separate from all of this, but crap, I don't know who I am because I've pushed it all away for so long. And so, and it was never coming into the work that I'm doing now, it's like I realized it was never that I didn't know who I was. It was that I did know who I was and I, locked it away in so many different lock boxes and I lost the key and now Mm. I'm desperately clawing at the boxes trying to like get it out because I know who I am Mm. and that's really the the thing and so yeah like being a manifester is is for once you step into that role of like being the provocateur and like being the person who is like meant to rub the edges and meant to polarize because I think because of all the people pleasing and stuff that I did I was really much I was a lot of a a fence sitter you know I was very Mm. much a person that was like yeah I I was I was very much a person who tried my absolute hardest to be objective in every situation which is a great deal to have as a coach it's wonderful to be able to be objective, but I took it to the extreme where like, I would not take a side on anything because I felt like, mm, no, I'm just, you know, cause I can see both sides. So like, I can't take a side. And even if I did take a side internally, like I didn't want to talk about the side that I took because then what if this person reacts poorly or mm-hmm. what if I alienate this 
group of people because I want to be inclusive and I don't want to, yeah. you know, and, and so I was very much like in that spot, didn't want to yeah. talk about taboo things, didn't want to talk about things that like were, you know, and, I didn't and, then, want the, the and then the joke, and then the joke all along is that actually everyone has been waiting for you to pick the side. Yes. <laughs> so that we yes. all and that's what we were supposed is. to do. <laughs> yes. And so now it's like, it's so liberating as a manifester. Once you like really grasp what it means to be a manifester, you know, it is so liberating to realize like, I do not have to ask permission. I just need to be like, look, people, this is what I'm doing. You're either on the train or off the train. And here's my view. And you either like it or you don't like it. And mm -hmm. yes, I'm going to talk about something that's going to push you to this side or this side. Like, yeah. And, and, and too bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it feels really good to you know, like I said, having that Sag rising, that's like very fiery and very like, I don't give a, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just like having that, that like wild piece of my personality uh, that is feral, you know, and being able to step into that flaminess and really like express who I am, what my thoughts are, what my opinions are and be all of me and just mm. do something is really beautifully freeing. And yeah. 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 I love that. And, and so that really reminds me of like our initial conversation and how mm -hmm. you express that really following your strategy has been the most impactful for you. Mm -hmm. So of course, yeah. the strategy of manifestors is to inform and initiate. So right. tell us a little bit about your process with really understanding what that means and then doing it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, just kind of letting people know what I'm doing, it has, I was making it way more complicated than it needed to be. So I felt like I had to do this like big announcement with everything then. Like, I felt like mm -hmm. there was this, like, I had to, like, let everybody know. And there was a lot of, like, crap that came along with that because I was like, well, you know, that I don't really, this is a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm rubbing yeah. up against so many people. And, like, I am an extrovert with a capital E. Like, I do not want to have to deal with this many people <laughs> mm -hmm. that are, that are not only, like, like, I had... A handful of people that were like yes and I had a handful of people that were like what the crap is wrong with you and so mm -hmm. like you know so it's like this is a lot of energy drain for me and by the time I got to doing the thing I had lost the motivation to do it and so really what that looked like was really learning how to execute that initiation really doing okay. the thing and so it was kind of sort of as a trial and error of course three five but, but, you know, like it, it really was about like understanding that like literally just being like, oh, hey, like if I'm talking to my partner, oh, hey, babe, like, so I was thinking about doing this, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then I go and do it, you know, it really was that okay. simple. And, okay. Um, so that's, you know, that's something that has that way of doing it is what worked. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean that, that way of, I guess the way that has worked best for me is just mm -hmm. remembering that as long as I like tell someone somehow, as long as I basically put it out there energetically into the universe, that this is something I'm doing, even if it's just to make like a little post on Facebook and go, something big is coming. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, I need to do anything else. You know, this it's okay. not, that has been really empowering to me to know that, like, I don't need to make it this big elaborate, like, announcement to the world that I'm doing something. It can be simple. It can be quick. And it doesn't need to have all this buildup, which is what I was initially doing. And that okay. didn't work for me. Because by the time I got to actually doing the thing, I didn't want to do the thing. <laughs> because gotcha. I had gotten too much at that point. And so, so really just 
knowing that I can really sleep and then move ahead with things has been really empowering and has actually been very successful for me um, to mm-hmm. just, you know, before I start doing something to just kind of be like, Hey, this is happening. And it's mm-hmm. that simple. Um, yeah. Also what has been really empowering. And we talked about this in our pre-conversation was my authority. Um, right. <clears throat> stepping into my authority because of course, like the strategy works and all, but like, if you're not following your authority, like, like you can get really tangled up. And mm-hmm. so my authority as though is an emo- is emotional and emotional mm-hmm. authority. And I was like, Oh, great. This is lovely. Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, great. Because honestly, I can't say that I have been, it's funny because I am both the most emotional person and the most non-emotional person I have ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's a paradox for sure, because I am, I am very sensitive. I'm very empathetic and I have deep emotions and I am, and I do get very emotional about things. Like when I feel an emotion, I feel it deeply. However, mm-hmm. I'm very secretive with my emotions. I hold them very close to the vest. I'm very, I'm not very vulnerable with my mm-hmm. emotions. And a lot of that does come from that, that background, you know, of emotions are not okay. You know, don't show your emotions. Don't cry. Don't whine. Don't yell. Don't mm-hmm. do anything. You know, just yeah. smile, just smile and be pretty, you know? And so it was, you know, very quieting to my spirit. And so I just kind of learned to be very cold and, and not cold in a cold way like not not necessarily like frigid cold like where like you can't connect with me I had no problem connecting with other people and accepting their emotions and Mm -hmm. letting people you know embracing people and of course the positive emotions were totally fine I was fine like giving people hugs being excited like showing people love and affection and like support um Mm -hmm. and I was totally fine with other people being sad too Mm-hmm. Um, had no problem supporting other people, but my sadness, my anger, my frustration was all very repressed. And so I didn't show it very much. Uh, mm-hmm. So me having to think about being an emotional authority was very uncomfortable because I was like, what is this? What? Why? I don't oh. want to do emotion. Do I have to? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, and then of course, when I read up about what that actually means, it's like, oh, well, you can't actually. And I mean, this was my initial take on it, by the yeah, way. I want to make that Which very- I definitely want that yes. to be really clear. Like, yes, yes, please give us your initial take. And then mm-hmm. what happened after kind of processing through that? Because I yeah, think that yeah. a lot of people have the initial take that you had. So yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. into that. Yeah, I, I, I agree because most of the people that I've interacted with working with human design have also had this very, people that are manifestors have also had this very, or emotional authority have also had this very same exact kind of interpretation. I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. So, <laughs> so initially what I was reading was that like, in order to act upon something, so like if I got an idea or like if I decided I wanted to do something and I innovated this cool thing in order to actually take action and inform people that I'm going to do it and actually do the thing I couldn't act impulsively like it wasn't an impulsive decision that I could make it had to be like like I had to really like and not cognitively think it through I had to actually ride this whole roller coaster of emotions on how I felt about the thing And I had to ride this all the way from the top, all the way to the bottom every single time before I could make a decision because how this is kind of explained in like the books and the texts and things like that is like, you have to ride the wave. You have to like go through all of the emotions to be able to make an accurate choice as to whether you are energetically aligned to do this or not. And Mm. so I was like, like being a very, being a very, like, you know, being a very flamey person, you know, being very in that fire element, very in that air element of like, you know, just impulsivity. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get an idea and I do it like right then when I'm passionate about it. And I'm like, if I wait on anything, 
if I wait too long, I lose my motivation. I lose my train of thought. I lose, and I'm like, oh, oh, I don't want to have to wait until I feel all the feels before I can. Because if I do that, I'm never going to finish anything. Yeah. It takes yeah. me sometimes to get through all my emotions about something. And then I'm like, at the end of it, I'm so exhausted that I'm just like, Ugh, I don't want to do it now. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not worth it. And, and that's really what was happening with this program. It was really like, I was really jazzed about it. I was excited about it and I was going to launch it. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, and then I thought about all the different feelings I had about the, about the program, all the different feelings that other people might have about the program. And I it like started getting into like empathy process and like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, that's not my emotions. That's somebody else's emotions. So then I go back to my emotions and I'm, and by the time I got done with that whole cycle, I was like, eh. No. I'm drained. <laughs> I'm drained. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I was stalling myself out mm-hmm. uh, because I wasn't working with my other energies. And so like, and because I was misunderstanding how that authority worked, it wasn't until I started leaning more into my other cosmic codes, leaning into my core frequent in my source signature and, and following my own <laughs> my own probe and like realizing <laughs> how like, that happens hey. i'm like well what if i just embody my own hence the embodiment coach why i'm an embodiment coach because it's so important not to just learn something but to actually embody it you know mm-hmm. and so you know practice what you preach and so i'm like okay i'll lean into my yellow source signature and i'll lean into what that means for me and i'll lean into my cosmic coding and all of it and so I started to do that and I started experimenting and and did a little bit of trial and error. And what really worked was what I did with my most recent program, actually. And I had started experimenting with this prior to this year, but this was like my big experiment because I was like, okay, this has worked before on little things. Let's try it with a big thing. So my most recent pro major magic, it was something that was born out of something that really kind of ticked me off. (laughs) And like, I mean, I got real mad, like big mad. And so rather than waiting, I realized as I was processing my big mads that, that I was formulating the ideas for this container. And my, my manifestor was going, do it, do it now, do it now, do it now. (laughs) So I'm, so I started leaking like little hints, um, like something big is coming, you know, like, Hey, I'm working on something without much more. And then as it started to take shape, it was like, just putting that little bit out allowed my manifestor energy to kind of pare down my ideas. And then my anger and rage kind of turned into passion and passion about, you know, why was I angry? Why was I raging? Oh, because of this. And this makes me passionate to advocate for X, Y, Z. And so I became fueled by passion at that point. And so then I started to make little nips and tucks ideas. And then I started to leak a little bit more and, you know, say, okay, this is what's happening don't know the details yet, but here, this is what's happening. And then as I moved through that passion wave, I went into, you know, joy and this feeling of like, yes, this is needed in the world. And like, yes, I want to help people move through this because this is something I experienced myself and I love that I get to bring this to the world. And then as I kept going down that wave, more and more details kept filtering out and then I'd leak them out and drip them out, and then more and more things, and then I get more emotions. And so the process ultimately took me maybe like a month. And I have never, never done a program like that. Never. I've always been very like, I have to go behind the scenes now, and I have to get every single detail in order, and I have to like feel out how to do this. And then like, by the time I got done, like prepping everything, I was like, Ugh, I just don't want to do it now. And so I thought it was just because I was burning myself out on the back end and like just doing too much and not like putting out anything. But really it's, I was waiting till the end of that emotional wave to act. And so I started to realize that this emotional authority is not about waiting till the end of that wave. It's about 
acting through the process of the wave. Like it's really about riding the wave and acting in that process as it comes and informing the little details as it comes and really just allowing yourself to like not make the super important decision that's like, I'm going to do this right now. But like Mm -hmm. also not doing the, I have to wait until everything's in place. It's like, I have to do this right now, but first I'm going to see how I feel. And then I'm going to like dribble things out. And then I'm going to see how I feel and then dribble things out. And then I'm going to see how I feel and dribble things out. And I actually had no freaking idea what I was going to do for the painter until it was done. Mm -hmm. I was so in my innovative, like emotional wave. Like I was so in the process that I didn't even know what was happening with the program until it was done and finished and out there. And then I looked at it and I was like, holy crap, this is the best thing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, so, okay. I love that you definitely took us through the whole journey of like what it started with, how you thought that it was, Mm -hmm. and then what you find found it to be. And yeah, what I really like, and what I want to point out here is that for you to find that answer of like how the emotional authority works, it wasn't from looking at human design more. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, No, it was not. It was not about digging into the books. It was not about the learning. It was actually like experimenting with it. It was the Mm -hmm. experiment, which is exactly what human design is. And so, you know, it was about like really trying it out and like also being in my profile as well, because, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that trial and error, doing that experimentation, actually, you know, being in that, you know, it was really, you know, that aspect of it. And then also just like seeing how all my other pieces fit into my human design and vice versa, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and really like beautifully marrying them together that really helped me fit those connectors and really start to embody that coding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that because as much as these systems are awesome and super helpful and can really give you a lot of power and you know, all the beautiful, juicy things that we're all looking yeah. for. It's not always, getting those answers is not always directly through the system. And right. especially with human design, it, like you're saying, it is an experimenting mm-hmm. system. And then also, yeah. if you have a three line in your profile anyway, such as you or anyone who's listening to this, probably a part of your human design experiment is actually going to be throwing away human design for a while. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a point where I was like, I don't jive with this system. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't jive with this system. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's too complicated, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't until I started really, and there's so much power too. in like, like I said, one of the reasons I do what I do is because there's so much power in seeing the lines. It's like, I kind of liken what I do to having one of those boards. You ever see one of those boards where there's like a, like, you know, an NYPD type of thing where they have like all the string going. Yes. yes. <laughs> like they have like one of those crime boards and they have like mm-hmm. all the strings going to every little thing. That's kind of what I do. I like, <laughs> I take oh, all it. of yeah. the little codes and I, I put them up on a board and then like I mentally string them all together with like the, you know, the web of the, of the source signature and like mm-hmm. look for the connectors that like mm-hmm. support everything and so like in my brain I'm always seeing this crime board (laughs) and it makes me laugh sometimes and like sometimes I'll just giggle and my clients are like what's so funny and I'm like oh nothing my like my I just see all the patterns (laughs) right (laughs) all the fractals never mind me (laughs) yeah oh my gosh that's so cool once I've had similar experiences like that yeah because I I do similar work as you but yeah uh, yeah just like seeing all those things coming to together Mm. I'm like I almost can't even explain to you what's happening in yeah. my body right now because it's just so much. Yes. Um, but I don't but know if, it, if you're like me. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know if you're like me or not, but I'm like a total like science and math nerd. Like, like mm-hmm. completely like total nerd. And like, I 
love numbers and I love patterns mm-hmm. and like I get super jazzed about yes about yes. like number patterns. so seeing all that stuff is like I geek out big time yeah same same once I found out that astrology was very mathematical and geometry based so I was like oh yeah. I love this even uh, more <laughs> I know I know it's funny and then like it's funny to see people's faces when like you come at them with the math and yeah. the science because in the physics and the you know because they're looking at you like oh astrology women you know mm-hmm. and then you're like yeah but this math this math formula and that math formula and yeah. you know quantum physics and string theory and they're like what <laughs> yeah wait huh wait so back to your authority so you gave yeah. us a really great description on what you thought it was before what you know it to be now but I would love for you to try to get as specific as you can about the difference in your in your life with trying to operate those two different ways like what do you think mm-hmm. has been the most obvious difference between the two for you and just like mm-hmm. being more fulfilled more happy getting things done you know all yeah. the things yeah so getting things done has definitely been like and and not just getting things done because i have always one thing I have always been good at is time management. I am not afraid to beat my horn about that because that is something that before I was just like, oh, I don't, you know, miss modesty, right? And I was, I'm so over that now. Now I'm like, no. (laughs) So we're we're not doing the modesty thing. I mean, I'm not going to be arrogant, but I'm going to own the fact that it's something that I am very skilled at. And so mm-hmm. I've always been a person that can almost bend time and like create time out of nothing. Like if I have things to do, they're getting done. I don't know how, I can't even tell you how, but it's going to get done. And mm-hmm. so, so that has always been like good for me, but that's like tasks, you know, that's like task lists, you know, that's not like bringing ideas into fruition. Mm-hmm. That's not moving from like this ideation center down into like the the creative center. Like it's not really actually bringing things out into the world. Like usually what would happen with that process was that it would stall out. Like I would like anything that I needed to do that was assigned to me, I could get done. Any responsibility mm-hmm. I had, anything that was on my plate, my agenda, I could get done no matter what. But when I had ideas and creative things that I was innovating and coming up with, they just sit in the back closet because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't bringing them out of ideation. I wasn't actually doing the things that I was creating. I was just doing the tasks that were in mm-hmm. front of me. So mm-hmm. that, I think, has been the biggest thing for me and the most impactful is actually taking my creative energy and manifesting it literally you yeah. know like just being able to literally manifest mm. and, and bring things into being that were just ideas and just dreams and just you know you know just kind of up there in the clouds and being able to put them out into something tangible uh, even when I would try to do that in the past like I would never finish anything it was like, I'd start a project and then I'd get halfway through it and I'd drop it because I just like, my, I, my energy will have moved on at that point. My ideas mm-hmm. were ahead of my doing. And so like, I'd get an idea for something. And by the time I got around to riding that whole entire wave all the way down to the bottom and then mm-hmm. starting to do it, my energy was somewhere else doing something else. Like my ideas yeah. were on the next thing. Like Mm. my, my innovation, you know, would like come up with this really thing and I'd take it and I'd grab it and I'd ride the whole entire wave down to the bottom. And by the time I got there and I was ready to execute that plan, my innovative brain was over here doing something completely different. So it didn't want to do anything with this at that point. It was done with this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's really, that's really been the biggest impact on my life is able to as a creator as a practitioner as a professional and even just as a person being Mm -hmm. able to come up with you know these creative ideas and manifest them into something tangible without losing steam on them and actually being able to finish projects being able to bring these you know transformational things into the world yeah yeah Yeah. oh 
That is so good. As you were speaking, what what it was kind of what it was making me think of is just kind of how to like wrap it up really nice in the sense of the the authority is the role of the authority for a manifester is to let the manifester know what it is that they need to initiate. Yeah. That that's that's how your mm-hmm. authority works with your strategy that they go together. Yeah. But with the emotional authority specifically for the manifester, the way that that clarity comes through is through writing basically what we've been talking about this whole time is is a very similar conversation that, you know, like creative people have of like their creative process. Yeah. So your emotional wave is your creative process. And so yes. for for that clarity of what to initiate into the world is only going to come through if you've gone through the creative process right 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 and it's a beautiful thing to like actually like ride that and I kind of like I'm not a surfer but I watched surfing and I know (laughs) kind of like the basics right and so like I, I kind of liken it to being in that like you're out there on the wave and it's cresting and like you're getting that wave and you have to ride each one as it comes. And mm. so like, you're not able to actually initiate the trick or whatever you're going to do until you see how high the wave is, what angle it's coming in. At. And then like you see it and then you're able to like initiate the move that you're going to take to mm. ride that wave. And then you can pull off that trick and then you need it for the next wave to come before you can figure out what your next move is. You can't yeah. really go into that that set list. You know, you can't go into surfing, then I'm going to do this move. I'm going to do that move. I'm going to do that move because the waves may not support that. And so, you know, it really is like looking at that surfing metaphor and like you have to wait to see what the wave's going to do before you mm-hmm. can really decide what your next move is going to be. And then you can mm-hmm. execute it beautifully, but then you need to wait till the next one comes to see you know, the angle you need to take. And it's a beautiful process. Yeah, yeah. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that you have had such beautiful display of imagery through this whole conversation. You've given (laughs) such beautiful metaphors so clearly I can imagine them in my brain and like and and your (laughs) application to like the real life is so clear. I was like, I feel like I understand this more. Like, so I just wanted to commend you for that. That's a, you have an amazing gift. That's that. a, well, that's a huge, that's a huge compliment. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. So I've loved this conversation so, so much. I feel like you've been able to really help. I'm just looking at my notes. I feel like you've been able to put a lot of words and meaning to the experience of being an emotional manifester, of course, but especially from the, what we might think that it is versus what it actually is. So is there anything else that you would like to share maybe about the emotional authority or being a manifester or yeah, I mean, I, I will let you inform, like what is, yeah. what's the, what do you have to, to share with us to wrap it up? Oh gosh. Oh, I have something very tangible I can share. Okay, um, great. Actually. So, so this is actually about money. Okay. So I know everybody, you know, we, we hear a lot about manifesting money, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so a lot, of, a lot of folks are like, that are kind of not believers in the whole manifestation process of like, oh yeah, I can just say I can just manifest things, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's very interesting as a manifest, I did not buy into that possibility either <laughs> Yeah. first, but because we've been taught to think about money in a very specific way. But really, when you start thinking about money as energy, things shift a little. And, and it's been a process. But I went through this process as being an emotional manifester mm-hmm. just recently in a program that I decided to invest in. It sparked my interest. I was like, ooh, this looks so good. And so I was like on that. I was really on the fence about it because emotionally I was pulled into it and I was like, Oh, I need this. I must have this. Mm, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like the cat has cheeseburger kind of thing situation. <laughs> okay. uh, so I, was, I was a lol cat about this. That's all the old school people listening. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so I was, I was wanting the cheeseburger. And so 
I was drooling over this program. It looked so juicy and it was right in alignment with like where I'm in my personal journey. And so I was like, oof, like this is needed. This is needed in my life. And, you know, and I saw how much the investment was and I was like, I'm already investing a large amount in, in a certificate, in my certification. And so I had another certification. And so, you know, and so I was like, can I really do this? Like, is really something like, is this a need? That's not Mm -hmm. a need. Um, Mm -hmm. But I leaned really heavily into that want. And which is not something I've been able to do before. Before I was very like, I can only go after needs with money. Okay. So I really have made big shifts with that. And I really leaned into that want. And I kind of was like, I told my husband, I mentioned to him. And I was like, hey, you know, there's this program. And I don't really need it. And I know I'm already doing something. And I know like, you know, we're it, not really like have the money for it. But like, also, if I can get the money, <laughs> if I can make the money, like if, if it manifests in the next mm-hmm. week, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take this program. Mm -hmm. So nothing, nothing, nothing. And then about a week late, I made a a significant, like I I signed a significant client practice and it was literally the exact amount that I needed for this program to invest in this program. I did not even make the conscious connection. It was Mm. my husband Oh, which cool self was surprising because usually he's the one that's like tighten the purse strings, you know, but like Mm -hmm. I came to him and I was like, I don't know what to do because it was kind of last call for this program. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I really want to do it. But like also like, eh, you know, do we really want to spend the money? And he looked at me like with this look that I usually look at him with. And he's like, didn't you just sign a new client? for that exact amount and I'm like yes (laughs) and he he was like maybe and he was like well aren't you the one that's always telling me like you know money manifests when you need it and like didn't you just come to me last week and say if I can do this I'm gonna do it and now you can do it so why don't you do it (laughs) <laughs> oh my so gosh I was like just thinking about it I'm not gonna yep. do it yeah and then I did it so oh my gosh I did it. <laughs> um, so you know but it was such a beautiful like because I through that process not only did I inform him that I wanted to do it I also informed the universe that I wanted to do it and that if I could make the money if I could manifest the money to do it if that resource was there, I was going to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really had to feel into my emotional process and my emotional authority to decide if this was really what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And every time I try to respond to the person, you know, who was, you know, offering the program with a no, everything in my body went, mm-hmm. <laughs> full stop. Mm-hmm. Like I kept trying to explain why I couldn't do it. And every mm-hmm. time I typed something out, my phone would die. I would accidentally erase the message or I would purposefully erase the message because I wasn't ready to commit to the no mm-hmm. to be called out like that by my partner. Yeah. <laughs> and just be like, hey, you informed me of this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a beautiful testament to how that process really tangibly works in my yes. life to really manifest what I'm wanting to do, what I'm claiming to do. And as long as I'm following my emotional guidance on what it is that I'm meant to be doing and bringing Mm -hmm. into the world, then, you know, my ability to then inform and then receive Mm -hmm. according to that, that informing is limitless. And so I would all of the emotional manifestors out there to you know lean into that process lean into that process of really embodying that emotional wave and really embodying that that you know 
thing of just like kind of saying, Hey, I want to do this and accepting yeah. that whatever comes. Yeah. As a result. I, I want to pick out the detail here that what you were doing, which I think you were basically saying, and I just want to say it more explicitly is that you were giving voice to your emotional process. And that yes. is the differentiator mm-hmm. between like an emotional generator versus mm-hmm. an emotional manifester. So yeah, that that's a key and, point there. Yeah. And to bounce off of that really quick, I think it's really important to note that one of my biggest hangups with voicing, because remember I said, like, I was very repressed with my emotions. I was very cold in terms of sharing my emotions with people. I was always fine. It was always nothing is wrong, right? I'm mm. fine. I'm, I was the dog with the coffee mug, with the flames <laughs> in the background, yeah. always going, this I'm fine. fine. Right. Um, this is fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, like internally, I'm imploding. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I was very much not giving voice to my emotional process, not giving voice to what was going on in my head. And so, you know, I think it's important to note that, like, like you said, it's, for many people who are in the place where I was, where they're feeling very repressed in their emotions and they're not feeling comfortable expressing that process and that that feels like scary and challenging to them. One encouraging thing I would mention is that when I was expressing my emotional process, I was not having to go into vulnerable, intimate detail about every single emotion I was saying. I was literally just saying what the result was from my internal processing I Mm. literally said yeah so I was Mm -hmm. like I was having like I was having this internal process of my own emotions I was able to keep them safe in my pocket but then Mm -hmm. I was able to express the result to someone I was able to say to my husband hey after like, and I didn't even tell him this. I didn't even tell him, Hey, I went through this huge internal process of like deciding whether this was good for my personal expression and like stepping into this transformational situation that I'm doing on a very deep emotional level. I didn't even have to explain him. I just said to him in two, in one fell swoop, I killed two birds with one stone. I hit my emotional process by expressing the result of what that process was by saying, I really want to do this for myself. And also I informed him. So it happened simultaneously. And there was not Mm -hmm. this big vulnerable, like pouring out of intense emotions that needed to happen to do that. But, you know, so I would just encourage people who may be struggling to like be really vulnerable and be really intimate with their emotions that you can still be transparent about your emotional process and be vocal about the result of that process without having to spill your guts Mm. and it doesn't get more comfortable yes it does because the more you voice those results of your emotional process and the more results you get in your manifesting as a result of voicing that process the more you'll start to trust your internal process and that self-trust and that reclaiming of self-trust and self-safety in those emotions it builds upon itself and your voice will become more clear and it will just strengthen that process so much more thank you so much for sharing that wisdom yeah. but it's a great note to end on like I I have nothing to add um I have nothing perfect to add. I don't um, <laughs> I think that was perfect and I think that that is great advice for anyone mm-hmm. trying to really understand this in a way that's going to support them rather maybe keep them more disempowered or keep them in a place where they're yeah. waiting for something that isn't mm-hmm. even what they need to be waiting for etc yeah. so so thank you. That was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. being on the show. This oh, you're awesome. welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. yeah, and I'll definitely be sharing, you know, where people can find you in the show notes. But if yeah. you wanted to go ahead and just share maybe Instagram or your website, where can people find yeah. you? Well, at the at the current moment, I'm regretting a little bit. I'm shifting a little bit in my business. And so as of right now, I you can find me on Instagram at the real ginger Nicole and Andrea Alexandria. Andrea, what am I talking about? Alexandria. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I because my daughter, her ballet 
teacher's uh-huh. name is Andrea, and I'm used to having the conversations with her that I'm yep. like, that name is on the tongue all the time. So I'm apologizing <laughs> to you. It's all Andrea. good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you can find me there, and Alexandria will, will put that in the in the mm-hmm. notes. And then, of course, I do a lot of like a lot of my stuff, my like blog type of situation has been shut down at this point and in that process of shifting so you can also just find me on on Facebook under Ginger Nicola Amato if you want to hang out with me there and in the meantime you can follow my Instagram and my Instagram stories especially to find where I'm going to be after that because I am working on a website and I'm working on a new sort of Instagram situation so yeah and so hang exciting. out with me there and then I'll I'll drag y'all along with me I also <laughs> have a group on Facebook a free community called the magical with a k eclectic and that is a free community on Facebook where I share some you know astrology human design different numerology things different things about healing inner child like we we go into a whole bunch of fun stuff so mm-hmm. and you can find me there if you want to join the community too Awesome. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Golden. If you enjoyed what you heard, I invite you to submit a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can either leave me a message on Anchor, shoot me a DM on Instagram, or send me an email. Just tap on the show notes for links to all three contact methods. And last but not least, please don't forget, you're golden. <laughs>